Uh, yeah, I mean, so now we've now that we've got a taste of victory and we got a taste of taste of how 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 we can win as a team. I mean, we we have, we have to build on it now, and that's kind of something we've been talking about. And like last week's practices were really good, especially on the defensive side. I can speak for. I mean, we we were flying around and you know just kind of embracing the suck and doing the things that are hard. And this is just now now that we got a taste of victory and a taste of what it feels like. We just have to keep building on this and, and moving forward. I mean, this week, Utah State, I I take this game just as personal as I took Nevada because because of how it ended last year. I mean, we we have a lot of unfinished, unfinished business with Utah State. So I, I think we're all kind of having the same mindset this week is is we have, we have some unfinished business with these guys and, and we're, we have the same intensity. And going into this week is just we need to build on, build on that victory of last week. You know, 24-hour roll that's in the past now. You know, we celebrated that, and now now it's time to work again. And this week is, is going to be huge for us, you know, uh, putting in the work to, to, to come out on successful on Saturday. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win. Get 200 free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. We've got some really fun matchups this weekend, whether it's you know the Broncos-Chargers, AFC West rivalry, you could go with the Bills-Chiefs. That's probably the most fun game to bet on from an offensive standpoint. You know, you could do like Travis Kelsey or Stephon Diggs, anytime touchdown score, maybe take the overs on passing yards. Both these teams love to throw it around. It's going to be a blast, but that's what makes DraftKings so fun is they have just endless options. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on the stepped-up same-game parlay once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, we open with some audio from Henry Blackburn. That was on Monday during the press conference, just kind of talking about how he views this this matchup with Utah State as a, a personal one, and that's probably not the worst thing in the world. Hopefully, you know the guys in the locker room do as well. Just because you're coming off of a big emotional high, you know, I think everybody had that Nevada game circled on their calendars in the locker room, and then you know Nevada added fuel to their fire by talking a bunch of talking a bunch of trash and you know Ken Wilson calling out Norvell. But the Rams have a big shot here on homecoming weekend. Should be an excellent crowd. And Giles Pooler has a big shot. He's going to be the third quarterback this season to start for CSU. Both Clay Millen and Braden Fowler Nicolosi dealing with some injuries that they've suffered in the last couple of games. Hope is to have Clay back for the Hawaii game, but we shall see on that. As far as this week goes, though, there's at least an opportunity for there to be a really cool storyline. I mean, everybody loves a good story. Everybody loves a good underdog. Giles Pooler, hometown kid, you know, mom, a longtime professor at CSU. So he's a Ram through and through. You know, his roots have always been here, always bled green and gold. He never really got an opportunity to show what he could do under Steve Adazio. But this new staff comes in and, you know, Pooler's made the most of it. He's really impressed them with his ability to throw the football, but his work ethic as well. And, 
you know, I, I know Braden Fowler Nicolosi ended up surpassing him on the depth chart at one point this season. But it, it wasn't, you know, if, if you listen to those podcasts, if you follow the articles, you know that it, it wasn't because Pooler was doing anything wrong. It just had to do with the fact that they needed somebody that was a little bit more mobile because they were really struggling in pass protection. Pooler, you know, more of your traditional pocket quarterback, maybe doesn't have the raw athletic abilities of of Braden or Clay or Jackson, but I mean, six foot five, 210 pounds, really nice frame. And honestly, I think he can do some nice things if you can give him a little bit of time to throw the football. I mean, one of the things that Norvell talked about was just the fact that both of the quarterbacks have actually gotten dinged up this year because they were trying to do too much, you know, trying to be a, a little too athletic, you know, thinking that you can outrun these defenders and they got popped and they paid the price for it. And, you know, he, talked about unfortunately with young quarterbacks you can you know say it over and over again in practice but until they go out there and experience it and you know sometimes learn the hard way it's kind of hard to connect i think it's a lot like you know having a kid you can tell hey don't touch that but until they touch it and it's hot and they experience it you know it just doesn't connect the same way i don't think you're going to see a lot of running around from pooler that's not exactly his his game you know that's not his strongest skill set I do, however, think you'll see him stand tall in the pocket, you know, plant his feet and and make some throws. And with what we saw from him in the spring game and throughout spring ball and in stages of fall camp, he can throw a nice football, guys. I mean, maybe not quite the deep ball that, that Clay has, but I was really impressed with some of the stuff he did in the intermediate game. And that's kind of where the Rams have lacked consistency since Clay Millen went down. We did see Braden you know, connect on the long touchdown against Sacramento State. We saw him make some throws, you know, deliver down the down the stretch when the Rams really needed it in that fourth quarter. But there were also a lot of instances where I felt like he just looked discombobulated, was thrown off his back foot. And, you know, he just, he kind of missed some throws that were, were definitely completable. I'm not trying to be hypercritical of him. You know, I think it's a tough situation doing what he's had to do. And I think the fact that the Rams have had zero continuity as far as the offensive line and receiving core goes has not helped anybody out. But the fact of the matter is you just you need more from the quarterback position than what you've got in these last two weeks. And for Pooler, you know, this is like I said, you know, this is this is what movies are are made of. You know, you have an opportunity. You're the CSU kid, you know, Fort Collins guy started at Rocky Mountain High School before moving to Kentucky, comes back to CSU doesn't really get to do much under the old staff. New staff comes in, he proves himself, got surpassed, you know, after proving himself, but stuck with it, you know, could have quit the team. Like, you know, a lot of these other guys have doing, have done, you know, when Braden got to go in instead of him. Instead, you know, he's, he's continued to do the right things and now he's going to get his opportunity to shine in his town, at, you know, on homecoming weekend under the lights. It's going to be an epic crowd. It's really cool. Now, obviously, if the Rams go out there and, you know, get run over, get punched in the teeth the way they kind of did against Sacramento State and Middle Tennessee, you know, I don't, a lot of the fans are going to care about the storylines at that point. But I'm definitely happy for Giles. I think it's a neat story. I think it's a cool opportunity. I would love to see it play out, you know, kind of like it did last weekend. You know, I went into the Nevada game not expecting CSU to win, hoping so, just to get that feel good moment and, you know, to get that cool story. Now you have an opportunity to get one at home in front of your community. You already stuck it to the Nevada community last week. Now potentially, you know, a chance to to get some revenge against Utah State because you know you 
You should have beat them last year. You had the wonky situation in 2020 where they refused to come to Fort Collins, and I know that was complicated, but should have beat that team as well because they were a disaster. 2019, you lose a competitive game. 2018, you know, you have the the Preston Williams Hail Mary overturned. Still irks me. Felt like the defender pushed him out of bounds or uh, rerouted him enough to not have it draw a flag. CSU's three-game losing skid against Utah State, currently the the longest they've suffered against the Aggies since the 70s when they had a five-game losing streak. Still lead the all-time series, though. As of now, the Rams lead that 39-36-2. They're 18-15-1 all-time against the Aggies in Fort Collins. Uh, longest winning streak is four games. That was in the 60s. Like I said, longest losing streak, five games. Recently, it's been you know, very back and forth over the last decade, you know, going back to that 2013 game where a talented CSU team loses 13-0 against a really, really physical and stout uh, Utah State defense that had multiple NFL defenders on it. And then you follow that up in 2014 with the 16-13 win in Fort Collins, walk-off kick from Jared Roberts, a student storm the field. One of my all-time favorite memories in all sports, one of my favorite memories in in college, you know, if CSU were to win a tight one this weekend, I would love it. If the students stormed, why not? But just kind of looking at the the recent history between these two teams, it's very often a game that's, you know, separated just by a couple of points, but, you know, really like two scores tops, even when one team is, you know, doing much better than the other one. Last year, a two-point game, 2019, a 10-point game, five-point game in 2018, It was a 13-point win for CSU in 2017, but that game was actually really competitive in Logan, and they scored a late touchdown to to pull away and make it a two-score game. 16-13 in 2014. I mean, there have just been so many memorable matchups between these two teams, and now you have an opportunity for uh, for another one, and like I said, potentially a chance for for Giles Pooler to to really you know become a legend and you know have a have a storyline that none of us would ever forget. You know, former walk-on local kid gets to start on homecoming and if he were able to pull out a victory man that would be that'd be pretty damn epic so let's talk about it let's talk about this utah state team offensively what they do defensively some of the the key names then we'll we'll get into some keys for csu what they need to to do in this one in order to have success real quick though our next partner has a product i use literally every day i started taking athletic greens because i don't like taking vitamins but i wanted to be healthier Wanted more energy, just general better gut health. I have had a gastro issues since I was a teen, and I've really noticed that since I've gotten on Athletic Greens, I just have had much less issues than I typically do. Been on it for over a year now. I love it. Doesn't taste like it's super healthy. You know how some of those shakes taste like chalk or or just awful. It's kind of like a mild tropical taste. I it's smooth, man. I, I drink it every morning. I usually put it in orange juice, but you can put it right in your water. It's 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things you should be caring about. It costs you less than $3 a day. It's a great way to invest in your health, and it's cheaper than going and getting a cup of coffee. It's lifestyle-friendly, so whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan-free, dairy-free, gluten-free, you name it, you're good. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. 
And they've got over 7,000 five-star reviews, so you don't have to just take it from me. It's recommended by professional athletes and trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to athleticgreens.com slash rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Real quick, also got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. Anyways, um, I'm all in on the abs. I think they're going to repeat, but you can get them at plus 200 to win the Western Conference, I imagine, in about a month. That's probably going to be looking more like minus 100 minus 150 i'm surprised you can even get it at plus money now i guess it's still early enough in the season where it makes sense but i mean they're they're just the best team in the west i think calgary can push them maybe edmonton or minnesota outside of those two three teams though i just don't really see many teams pushing the abs for that one seed in the west so that's what i'm going lock it in colorado avalanche to win the western conference plus 200 over at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's my DraftKings pick of the week. All right, Utah State coached by Blake Anderson coming off of an 11-3 season in which they won the Mountain West Championship. Just 2-4 and four thus far, but they have played a pretty difficult schedule. Uh, Average 20.3 points per game, much less than they were able to last year. They give up 34.8 points per game, so a defense that's really been tested in the first half of this season. On offense, Utah State, they run the spread. And it, it's not what we saw against Sacramento State, but I would say like it's, it's, it's different concepts, but philosophically, it's somewhat similar just with an attack mindset. They want to use the entire field. I mean, one of the things that uh, Henry Blackburn was talking about was how they actually, I mean, their receivers will be you know just barely off the sideline. They are literally d- trying to make you defend chalk to chalk there and it's it's a tough position especially when they're able to get that run game going up the middle at quarterback they're led by cooper legas legos legas who's taken over kind of a dual threat guy can run around uh, has some improvisation skills but you know also a significantly less intimidating passer than you know logan bonner it wouldn't shock me if we potentially see some Levi Williams as well. They've had some sets for him. I mean, Levi Williams is a guy that killed CSU last year and actually moved the ball pretty well against the Rams in the uh, in the loss in 2020 as well. If it hadn't been for those early turnovers, I think Wyoming probably wins that game. But, you know, I just, I just feel like it's a situation where if you're CSU, you really want to try and make Utah State as one-dimensional as possible because what they do is they just exhaust you. They play tempo. They're playing sideline to sideline, so they're really stretching you out. They're trying to prevent substitutions. They're trying to, you know, test the guys that are gassed. You know, they they beat you in the interior with a physical running game. Calvin Tyler is a solid running back, Oregon State transfer. On the outside, Brian Cobbs, their best wide receiver, a Maryland transfer. He's a stud, and he's definitely a threat to beat you over the top at any point. If you're the Rams, you definitely have to keep him contained, but... You know, they're going to make some plays. We've seen these last couple of weeks, they figured it out offensively. I think if you're CSU, the the best bet defensively is to just 
you've got to try and avoid those big plays. I mean, Legas had a 34-yard run where it was just kind of a broken play, and he you know scampers for a touchdown last week. They can beat you over the top if they connect on those you know back-breaking plays. That's where it can be a really long night for you, especially if they're able to establish that ground game. CSU did a really good job last week of containing experienced physical backs, and even Nate Cox, who's not like a dual threat guy, but he, he likes to run around a little bit. He takes those long strides, so he can move. But I mean, if you can keep Legas in the pocket, force him to pick you apart and consistently make throws downfield, I think you're going to have an opportunity, especially if you can you know, create some plays for loss, get them you know, backed up at times. Really, the last couple of years, as explosive and as fun as this Utah State offense has been at times, they also have, have taken a lot of unnecessary risks just in terms of their quarterbacks seem to always inherently be really aggressive. The way that they call the game is aggressive, so they take a lot of shots. And sometimes that really works, and you end out, you know, in a great spot. And other times, you know, you turn the ball over a, t- a ton. And, you know, the other issue that Utah State has had is they've been extremely undisciplined, you know, averaging about 84 yards of, of penalties a game. That's just way too many. Defensively, uh, safety Hunter Reynolds is a stud, Michigan transfer Coming off of a big year last year, had you know eighty plus tackles, a couple of turnovers, already has a couple of picks. A defensive end Daniel Grishik, a Nevada transfer actually that played for Norvell for multiple years, has been really solid for Utah State this year as well. Had five and a half sacks last year, already been you know a game changer for them this year. They've got a really nice linebacking core. This is a defense that, despite the fact that they've you know, given up a lot of points, they do have some impressive athletes and guys that you've seen kind of pop, but it's just been a, a consistency thing for them. As far as CSU goes, you've got to build off what you accomplished in the run game last week. You've got to help Giles out. And, and you clearly need more in the passing game because it was essentially non-existent last week. But, I mean, just being able to run for five and a half yards of pop and really dominant in the second half, Avery Morrow going for seven yards of pop, when you do that, it just opens up the entire playbook for you. It's going to alleviate some of the pressure as far as the pass rush goes. And it's just going to make everything simpler. You're going to control possession, you know, keep your defense off the field, keep them fresher, which was a big problem that first month. And I kept talking about it. I was like, you know, they, they play pretty solid early and you see the potential, but they're just on the game. They're on the field the entire game, constantly having to defend short fields. Finally, last week, we saw the Rams play a little bit of complimentary football and they, you know, really capitalized. They were able to make some game-breaking turnovers early on, steal the momentum. And despite the fact that the offense wasn't able to do much, you know, they were able to to hold on. And the one time they did have to defend a short field, they gave up a touchdown. So, you know, coming back to that concept, if you can just play complimentary football, it gives you a much better opportunity to win because it's it's hard to drive the length of the field, especially in college. This defense can be solid. You just, you got to throw them a bone a little bit and it, it just, it can't be all on them all the time. That's, that's just not a sustainable way to, to win, especially in modern football when all the, all the rules, the style, it all favors offense at this point. I already mentioned this earlier, but if you can make Utah State one dimensional and really contain Legas as well, that's kind of a two part thing there. You got to prevent Tyler from getting going in the run game. You also want to prevent Legas from, you know, getting out of the pocket and running around. Fortunately, CSU has been pretty good in that regard as far as uh, edge containment goes. But I just think if you can make him be a guy that has to be in the pocket and consistently deliver downfield, 
there's going to be some opportunities to to undercut some throws. Um, I, I just think there's a chance to force some turnovers. Air Force wasn't really able to do it, and it's a big reason why they weren't able to to come out on top. I thought there were chances. They just didn't really make the plays there. You got to cut your penalties in half. I talked about Utah State being undisciplined, getting you know 140 yards, whatever it was last week. I don't think it was quite that, but however many they had, it was far too many. Um, you got to cut that in half, and if you do, it's you know probably not even a game. More than anything, I just want to you know see that the Rams are continuing to improve. We've seen some young guys flash defensively in the trenches. We've seen some other guys step up in the secondary. That was all really encouraging offensively i feel like the line has been much better the last six quarters or so and they seem to have you know figured out a rotation that works for them in the trenches definitely want to see them build off what they established in the ground game need more out of the passing game it it would be great to see you know lewis brown uh, justice ross simmons some of these other young guys get in the mix after you know a quiet couple of weeks here Uh, we saw a little bit more of tanner arkin last week i thought that was great you know, going back and watching some of those Nevada games from last year, one of the things that really jumped out to me was how big of an impact Cole Turner made up the seam. I mean, they they constantly attacked the sideline, both with like quick screens and the vertical game with the, the great receivers they had. But Turner eating up the middle really just makes it hard on those safeties because it's like, who do you go with? Are you going to go with the tight end up the middle or are you going to you know, trust the these DBs to be able to handle the receivers one-on-one outside. So if they can get Arkin going up the middle, a guy who I think has great receiving abilities, and Gary Williams as well. I mean, a guy that was really impactful, had a touchdown against Utah State last year. But ultimately, I think the goal is just to, to show some progress. You know, I, I think there have been a lot of circumstances that have made it hard for this offense to really improve week to week just in terms of injuries and guys quitting the team. I mean, when you don't have any continuity within your lineup week to week, it's it's a tough spot. You know, football is it's a game of inches. And right now, you know, the Rams are slacking in execution. And I think a lot of it comes down to experience, you know, timing and just simple things. But as they get more reps out there together, we should see them, you know, making strides. At least that's the hope. As of right now, CSU 11.5 point dogs at home, plus 330 on the money line. CU 14.5 point underdogs to Cal at home, plus 510 on the money line. That's crazy, man. It's not like Cal and Utah State are exactly uh, phenomenal teams. And if you parlayed CU and CSU to just win at home, it's plus 2523. So a $5 bet would pay $131. <laughs> Oh, that's so crazy. It's, don't do it. I'm not telling you to do that. I definitely don't trust the Buffs to win. Maybe maybe the Rams with the energy at home, but it's just crazy where these programs are at right now. But, you know, with CSU, at least you have some some hope for the future, and, you know, hopefully they can play some competitive football here in the conference slate. There's an opportunity, I think, some winnable games. You know, making a bowl game after starting 0-4, highly doubtful. Highly, highly doubtful. So that's, you know, definitely not the expectation as of right now. But if you can get yourself in position to flirt with it, who knows? I mean, if you win this game, beat Hawaii, you're sitting one game under 500, anything's possible at that point. You drop both of them, clearly your season is, for all intents and purposes, essentially over at that point. Obviously, I'd love to see a CSU dub on homecoming. You know, given that they're playing with their third quarterback, probably not a super realistic expectation, but you just, you got to show some fight. 
And you got to stop getting your ass kicked in your own building. That's been a trend going back to last year and, and really the last couple of years. That's just been, it's just been happening far too frequently. I mean, far, far too often by the second quarter, you look around Canvas Stadium and the atmosphere is just dead because the Rams aren't even in the game. You know, so that for me, that's kind of what I want to see. Yes, I want to see a win because I do think Utah State's not that great, but they are coming together kind of at the right time. If CSU had Clay Millen, I would feel a lot better about it, but just be competitive, you know, continue to show signs of improvement. Don't get embarrassed on homecoming. And, you know, give people reason to believe that as the season goes on, it's going to continue to get better. I think that's the hope. Just keep everybody invested. You got that feel-good moment last week, that moment of progress. Now you don't want to kill that, you know, by getting by getting beat down or, or something like that. So I think there's a chance for CSU to be competitive. You know, if you can hang around, keep it close, who knows? You know, anything's possible at that point. But you just you got to stop getting shell-shocked right off the bat. I mean, it, it was such a different tune in that Nevada game because you go up 14-0, you do the punching first instead of, you know, getting knocked down and, you know, stumbling back up and trying to get back in the fight. You're the one delivering that knockout blow right off the right off the bat. If you could do that again this week, that'd be huge, whether it's a play in special teams, turnovers, a big touchdown. If you get the ball first, you know, connect on a big play downfield, just something that gets the crowd into it. Cause you're going to have 30 plus thousand there. You know, you have an opportunity for it to be a really great atmosphere. Take advantage. So that's all I have uh, for this one. It should be a fun week seven slate. Looking forward to a couple of games. CSU surprisingly with a 5 PM kickoff, actually the first mountain West game of the weekend then an hour later, these are all uh, mountain times. You've got New Mexico at New Mexico State. Air Force plays at UNLV at 830. You know, intriguing matchup. Both of these teams really can't afford a loss if they want to stay in the hunt, especially Air Force. They've already dropped two, uh, two games in the division. San Jose State goes to Fresno State. Fresno State's been struggling, but you know, I, I wouldn't count them out in this one as, as well as San Jose State has played, and I think they've looked like the best team in the league the last couple of weeks. That Fresno State team, that it just feels like they have too much talent to continue uh, just getting beat the way they have. They've had a ton of injuries. It's been hard. And then uh, the last game, 10 p.m., for those of you that want to stay up, Nevada at Hawaii, Timmy Chang going against the Wolfpack. It hasn't really worked out so far, but I always love when Hawaii is a home dog, plus 195 on the money line. I consider it, man. They've been playing hard these past couple weeks. They gave San Diego State a run for their money last week on the road even. So you never know, and it's it's always a different game. On the island, it's a tough travel situation. I, I could see Hawaii maybe pulling it out. They just they have so little depth. It feels like they're in it for kind of like a quarter and a half, and then eventually, you know, attrition just kind of sets in, and teams just kind of wear you out. And you know that makes sense. That could be a problem for CSU as as the year goes on, just with the fact that they've lost so many scholarship guys. You're, you know, if you start getting dinged up here, you're going to be in a rough spot. But Ultimately, you know, the, the focus is on the future at this point. You know, you can't have guys that are that are not committed. It's, it's just we're never going to turn it around if, if that's the case. So I'm still intrigued. I think there's an opportunity to, to play some competitive football and, you know, potentially an opportunity for a cool story with Giles Pooler starting at home and homecoming against a longtime rival. Should be a fun one. All right, much love to all of you. Thank you for continuing to support my content. Shout out to our presenting sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Make sure you use that code DNVR when you sign up. That's all we've got for today. Peace.
khakis wearing graphic tees feeling way too trendy raps that kill oh i'm deadly primed and ready like machetes at a deli in new delhi feeling scummy like martin scarelli turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice but water's the truth so i sip on that too skinny looking kid with no car keys like the only thing i drive is rcrv's got the stash like steve harvey oh i'm gnarly